Hi, good evening everyone. This is Raz from Raz's Football Show. And today we're going to be talking about, well, there's a lot to talk about um, this weekend. Especially with the fact that the football season is well and truly underway. And we've had some great games already, you know. Uh, it's been a great, great, fascinating a few days. Um, really enjoyed all the games so far. And it hasn't been quite the same without the crowd but nevertheless we've had some good football we've had a good you know few games good free goals um really amazing games and it's just i'm just really excited that it's all back now and we're actually watching football and it's been great fun um we're going to be having our guest today um bav's going to be on the line again from america we're going to be having a chat with him and just basically discussing with him what's going on <coughs> We're going to be also be having a chat with him about his beloved Arsenal and how things have been for Arsenal. It's not been great, has it? I mean, let's be honest. Um, two games, two losses. This is pretty much the same old Arsenal, isn't it, again? We, are, we all thought with Arteta coming back that they might be a bit more resilient at the back. They might be... A little bit more free-flowing football, but it hasn't been the case. And again, it's quite worrying to see um, where they're going to go now, you know, because it's, again, the same old stuff, you know. It's been going on since Arsene Wenger, and it's, you know, now Arteta's here. It's still the same. We've had, um, you know, the same old story about Mesut Ozil not starting. <sighs> it's a lot of stuff about Arsenal. Today we had a... Um, the Liverpool Merseyside derby, Liverpool versus Everton, or also Everton versus Liverpool. That was a very boring game, to say the least. I mean, uh, how boring was that? I mean, let's be honest. Um, Liverpool being, you know, a team that's been scoring goals for fun, playing exciting football, and just really like, you know, Scoring goals. They didn't have the main players starting today. Didn't have Robertson on the left, the left position in defence, not playing. And we also didn't have um, Salah playing today, which was, you know, maybe a little bit of a loss. But with the team they have, it should be more than capable of beating Everton. Wasn't the case. Ancelotti showed quite a few, um, you know, showed his tactics, showed the Italian way of playing. He played from the back. He wasn't scared to, you know, be pinned to the back, to be honest. And he just, like, showed that he can, you know, tame Liverpool. And he actually did. It was very, um, it was very lacklustre performance by Liverpool, if I'm honest with you. I, di I, didn't, I didn't enjoy watching Liverpool at all. Um, there weren't many chances. <clears throat> to be honest, both teams didn't have many chances. But Liverpool's chances were very few and far between. The front three didn't do it. And then we had um, the midfield just seemed, didn't seem the same. I mean, it just seemed like they weren't really, I don't know, they were just, something was lacking. And it was very hard to pin. It was almost so frustrating to watch at times, you know. Passes wasn't as accurate. I mean, had, had, the, ball, uh, had the ball, you know, it held it quite well. But without any really, you know, penetration to the uh, to the defence of Everton, you know, there was just nothing there. You know, I think, I don't, I, I can't remember the goalkeeper in the um, Everton's team, um, Pickford, uh, making a save, to be honest. Um, and um, thought Trent Arnold, 
every set piece he took wasn't really as good as he's usually you know known to do you know it was it was quite it was quite a poor performance um i know it's the first game back and some people might say well you know what there's nothing to worry about liverpool's going to win the league but in my opinion i think they should have done better and there's no question of a doubt with my excitement for the league starting up i thought that performance was really disappointing um man city Wow, they just basically blew Arsenal away, you know, that was just an amazing performance, you know. Yes, David Lewis got sent off, and how poor was David Lewis? I mean, he came on as a sub, and literally, I think he changed the game for Arsenal because he made that error um, to let Sterling in and score, and after that, Again, the, the tackling, you know, to put um, Mahrez down, that was just not needed. It was needless tackle and he, he gave away a penalty and got sent off and that was basically Arsenal out of the game. And I thought that was a real, real decisive factor in that game and it changed the way, um, changed everything, basically. Uh, and it also just showed where Arsenal are at, really. Um, and it showed Man City that they... I mean, Kevin De Bruyne, he was amazing. And again, it just shows that a team like Arsenal, they really do need to sort it out, really. I mean, Arteta really needs to work his magic and just kind of figure out where he's going to go because I really do think that, I mean, we're going to speak to Bav and he should be able to give us a little bit more of an insight from a fan's perspective. And he'll be able to give us a bit more light and how he feels because I think he, you know, with his experience of um, being a true Arsenal supporter, a fan through and through, he can give us an insight and what a fan feels right now and how they feel about Arsenal because, and this is a very hot topic at the moment, Arsenal Football Club is a topic in itself because the Premier League started, a team like Arsenal, everyone was expecting a lot from them and having started the season, you know, very up and down, people thought this was their chance of, you know, kick-starting their season, so to speak, and, you know, actually finishing off in the, you know, in the top five. It's not looking like it's going to be the case, um, and it's a bit of a shame, um, because they do have some good players, and if they don't do well, they are more than likely going to be losing some of their top players, you know, the likes of Obama Yang, Lacazette, Ozil, if he's not going to be starting, then he's probably going to be moving away. And these are the things that are worrying for any Arsenal fan. And Bav will be able to give us a good insight into that. Um, as a Liverpool fan myself, today I saw, yes, it's a draw. We'll take a point at Goodison. It's not a bad point to take. But I do expect more. And, you know, waited a long time, waited over 100 days for games to restart. So, you know, just because of that, I, I would like to see some you know, some goals again. I would like to see my team do well. I would like to see Liverpool win the league in style after 30 years. Yes, we're not going to have a parade and we're not going to be able to talk about the the greatness of, um, you know, being able to be at the stadium, seeing Liverpool pick up the, title, the, the, the trophy. But hey, you know, a, a win is a win. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want to see, we want to see the title come home. And, yep, 
excited for all of that but at the moment I need to see a performance to just match that as well it's all well and good that we did it in the pre-covid times but now we need to do it now as well more than ever before for the fans who have actually missed out on football um, there's a lot of games on now and, and it's really really great to see the games coming in thick and fast and it's fun it's exciting you know there's a game every other day there's two games a day um, and it's great it's great fun at the moment I'm just so happy that we've got football so excited that the football is is here I mean it's it's <laughs> It's great. It's, it's just amazing to watch the football come thick and fast. You know, I turn on the TV, there's a football match on. And we haven't been able to do that in the last few months. So, obviously, this has been great to see. Um, and it's been great for all the fans out there that, yeah, we can't go to the games. Live games have been a f something of a miss. But, hey, we've got the football on live TV now. And it's great seeing the pundits out there. Doing, having their chats and you know we can all have conversation football that's the one thing we've all missed because without football there's not much to talk about I can tell you that now and um, me and Bav especially we've missed having our chat so it's been great for us to just get back on the phone and have a, have a conversation about football and have a conversation about the teams we love and the style of football that we love to watch and it's, it's just great fun. I mean, uh, for you guys out there, you guys must be thinking, wow, football's back, you know. I mean, a lot of us are all probably back at work now and, um, you know, looking forward to coming home and watching some football is one thing that everyone can say that they like doing. The weekend comes on and we've got football on. We've got our usual match of the day on a Saturday and a Sunday. Um and now we've got games live on, you know, BBC are showing a few games. We've got Sky show, showing games. We've got BT Sports showing games. So it's all happening now. Then we've got the Bundesliga still going on. And uh, La Liga, Bundesliga has been wrapped by Bayern Munich. We all know that. But yeah, we've still got the game still left. And we've still got um, La Liga, all to play for in Spanish League, La Liga. So yeah, that's pretty exciting as well. I mean, Barcelona drawing yesterday or... Was it the day before? Yeah, it wasn't very good for them. And I think Real Madrid just won today. So, yeah, they'll be ahead of them by two points now. So, that's going to be a little bit of a challenge for Barcelona now because they're up against it. So, again, all to talk about. All to talk about. So, it's going to be great. It's going to be great fun. And you guys are going to carry on enjoying this podcast. As it's, as you know, the name of the podcast is Raz's Football Show. And this one's all about football. So, this episode, we're going to be talking to Bath. And um, and obviously we're going to try and um, give you guys a lot to talk about, a lot to think about as well, and a lot to hear because it's it's just a lot to talk about. This is what football does. It, you just can't speak enough because there's so much going on in my mind right now. There's just it's just so much, so much excitement. You know, there's. Too much going on right now to even even to stop to think about anything else other than football right now. And that's the best thing about it. The weather's good now as well. So we've got the summer out. So it's been a long time since I've watched football in this sort of heat. Um, apart from the World Cups, this has been a, a real, you know, a new, new challenge. New thing for all the players as well, I suppose. And they got their food drinks breaks, which is being a bit unusual to see them just stop and just have a few drinks before and then continue with the game. Then they get their half time 
and and then it's just pretty silent half time as well it's quite strange to watch and then you've got the you know sky sports giving it the the sounds that are like you know giving it the crowd sounds um it's it's quite for me as a spectator i'm now starting to get used to not having a crowd around in the stadium it's a bit weird but i'm kind of used to it now um the first two games i watched the bundesliga it kind of got me used to it now and um yeah i think um, just watching the football now is what it was all about you know having having seen no football to seeing football is i'll take this all day long so i'm really glad really really happy that the premier league managed to get this show up and running and yep yeah, i'll be back after the break and we'll have a good chat with my friend bav and um, we can continue the discussion about football so guys uh welcome back I've got Bav on the line now. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about football with Bav. And I'll be asking him a few questions about how he feels about Arsenal right now. Hello Bav. Good afternoon. Good evening, shall I say. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I've had a, you know better days, better weeks. You know, Same old Arsenal ruining my weekends as usual. Maybe it's time for Arsenal Football Club to go back into lockdown. What are your thoughts? Oh, well, you know, I mean, this is one of the main topics of this show today is Arsenal Football Club and their performance. So, first of all, what I would like to ask you really is, um, how do you, uh, how, how do you sum up the two games so far? I mean, the first game with Manchester City, I mean, that performance, I think there were some plus points, but I think David Luiz was probably one of the turning points of the game. What's your thoughts on that? Well, we can talk about David Luiz all day, but long story short, he's a calamity, hence why Chelsea sold him to PSG. PSG then, I believe, sold him back to Chelsea, and Chelsea made a mug of Arsenal Football Club by selling him for, what, 7.25 million on transfer deadline day some time ago. And, you know, at that point, and even now, we still need defenders, and you're buying has-been defender, you know, I mean, look back at the history of the world, even in the World Cup, when Germany demolished Brazil, what, 7-1 in that game, David Luiz, if I'm not mistaken, was at fault for three of those goals, so, I mean, his uh, resume speaks for himself, but as far as the club goes, um, it's been in demise for a long, long time, uh, you've known me a long, you know, most of your life, uh, when I moved to the States in 2008. Everything was more or less going downhill from then. And downhill in the sense that there are many, many players that were just never replaced. I mean, you have a you know, type A quality player and you replace him with a type C or type D quality player thinking that this type C player has potential to become a type B or A player. It just hasn't happened. I mean, um, and as far as these performances, the first two performances since the league has resumed, you know, yeah, I made a bold prediction in the last podcast that Arsenal could win 4-3, but, you know, I was thinking with my heart and obviously not with my head. Um, playing Enketia away from home, up front more or less on his own with Aubameyang on the left, for me, didn't work. Um, I think he could have just played Aubameyang up front and put another midfielder in to just, you know, limit the passing. Because Man United, sorry, not Man United, Man City can just destroy you you know, in seconds with their, you know, tiki-taka style of football. And then against Brighton, I mean, come on, man. You, 
a team like Arsenal shouldn't lose to Brighton in any way or form. I mean, I'm just looking at our you know, fixtures that we have left for the next, what, nine games. We have Southampton away, um, Sheffield United away, playing Norwich at home, Wolves away, Leicester home, Tottenham away, Liverpool at home, Villa away and Watford at home. And I don't see us beating Wolves, Leicester, Tottenham or Liverpool. It's if we get, I think, four points out of those potential, you know, 12 that are up for grabs, I think that's decent. Um, I don't see us beating Southampton. I don't see us beating Sheffield United. We should beat Norwich. We should beat Villa and we should beat Watford. But, you know, the last two games of the season, Villa and Watford are obviously going to be fighting for their lives. So, uh, I just, yeah, it doesn't look good. I think the best thing is we don't qualify for Europe this season. And we just rebuild, totally rebuild, because it seems like Arteta wants to play the kids. And you can play kids, but you need actual leaders on the team, which Arsenal just don't have. I mean, you know, who's yelling at these players, you know, to man-mark players when you're defending set pieces? Absolutely nobody. And then when Gwendouzi can act like a moron at the age of 19 or 20 against Neil Mopay, and, you know, cursing at me in French is, you know... Yeah, there's gamesmanship, but then, you know, there's extreme unprofessionalism, which is what he showed, and, you know, he grabbed him at the end, and come on, there's no, you know, if there was a leader in that team, that sort of behaviour would not be happening at all, so, yeah, just uh, all around uh, frustrated, you know, personally, I think uh, Arteta's probably ended up biting off more than he can chew, um, in reverse, I look at it, and when you and I spoke more than six months ago, and bear in mind, Arteta's been in the position for the last six months, I did say we should have gone all out to try and get Ancelotti. Since Ancelotti's come to Everton, they've not lost a single game because he's actually brought some steel. Even today, they gave Liverpool a tougher time than expected. And um, I think they've got a little steel in that team and they actually have some decent players that have potential. You know, they're C-grade players that could become B-grade, but you know, none of those players are ever going to play for the bigger clubs, but they have potential to make the leap from Everton to... You know, there's other clubs that are fighting for, like, fifth to seventh place, you know, spots in the league. Yeah, well, but just going back to your um, your initial comment about um, the types of players that wasn't replaced at Arsenal, can you name a few players that weren't replaced? I mean, I can yeah, I mean, think a couple from the top of my head. I mean, the likes of, I don't think you've ever replaced Vieira. And I don't think you've ever replaced um, Henri. Now, these players are probably not replaceable. I agree. But there's got to be some sort of like-for-like. Like, and I just don't see any like-for-like like players in the Arsenal team right now at all. What's, what do you make of that comment from me? No, I, I, I have to agree. And, you know, it, it goes back even further than those players, right? If, if you look, you know, just more or less when Wenger came in, you know, the back four was Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterburn, Martin Keown, Tony Adams. The closest we came to replacing those guys was when we had the Invincible team, right? So we had Lauren, Ashley Kong, and our central defence pairing at that time. God, this is bad. I can't even remember it, so... Yara Toure, no? Not Yara Toure, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, Yara Kira. Toure, was it there? Uh, Kura sorry. Sorry, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other two, right? The one that's the Man City assistant coach, right? Yeah. Oh, not assistant coach but he's on the coaching staff and then honestly I can't remember who the other central defender was at that time 
but even then, you know, that, that team, even in the midfield, we had, you know, Gilberto Silva, and even, you know, let's go back prior to that, right? We had Petit and Vieira, and they were never truly replaced. Gilberto Silva was a decent fill-in. Edu was there. You know, Edu was decent as a player, but, you know, he didn't really set the world on fire. He performed his function, and, you know, even he's there now as the sporting director, and I'm, and I'm thinking, what on earth is he doing? You know, when he came in over a year ago, he was supposed to have all these links to all these, you know, Brazilian players that we were supposed to sign. Everton Suarez, we couldn't even get him signed. And his valuation's only 16 to 18 million. So I don't know if it was a case of Arsenal being Arsenal trying to lowball, you know, the team that he plays for in Brazil, or maybe the player just didn't want to come to us. That's also a possibility. Um, Arsenal is no longer considered a big club. It's, it's just a mediocre mid-team yeah, in the Premier League and, and that's it and it's you know most of my fellow Arsenal fans will not want to hear it but I'm just telling you how it is and it's frustrating for me because you know I buy the jerseys you know I go to the games you know when they come here which is only I think they've come here twice I went once to the game last year in DC and you know even when I come to the UK which is you know once every couple of years I try to get a ticket but I'm at that point now where you know it, it's just frustrating trying to financially as a supporter contribute money towards his team because the other problem is yes the players are not up to the standard there's a big question mark on the coach yes he's inexperienced but I, with time he'll get it right but is he going to have the time number one and number two is he going to have the patience to stick around for the board that will dangle a carrot saying you've got x amount to spend but the problem with arsenal is he's gonna to have to sell before he can buy it's as simple as that and, you know, some of these player valuations are not anywhere what they were pre-COVID. I mean, you know, I spoke about player valuations on the last podcast. And, you know, Aubameyang, let's look at him as an example, right? Club captain, apparently loves London so much, wants to sign, but he's not signing with Arsenal. You know, the moment, you know, a big team comes in for him, and if it's not Barcelona or Real Madrid, it could be one of the two, you know, Milan clubs. I mean, you know, they've still... They're not competing for the title in Serie A, but they've got a lot of heritage, and he may have had a decent chance to win something. Even if, let's say, Bayern Munich came in for him, he'd be gone, but I, I don't think he's going to Bayern Munich because there's no way he's getting in that team above Lewandowski right now. But, you know, Chelsea were talking about a 30 million valuation a few weeks ago in the papers, and again, not everything in the paper is true, but, you know, when it's across a few papers, you have to take it for granted in some sense that there may be some truth in that, but they just signed Timo Warner, you know, for what, 60 million, and even Aubameyang's on 180 to 200k a week, which is 10.4 million a year in salary, so yes, he's there for one more year, even if someone offers 20 million, Arsenal gains, you know, just under 10 million for him, but I don't think they even think like that, they want 30, 40, 50 million, come on, this is not, you know, championship manager or football league manager, we can get these silly numbers for these players no I mean the thing is I mean my biggest problem with Arsenal right now is um, you've got Mesut Ozil now I know yeah he's got a bit of a what's the there's a bit of a stigma attached with him where he they he doesn't perform in every game and so and so but a game like Brighton you know a team again sorry that game playing against a team like Brighton Surely he could have given a lot more and Arteta should have picked up on this and just said, look, you know, I'm going to bring him on. But he didn't even have him in the team sheet, right? And these are the things that I think that's a bit 
you know, I don't know what kind of what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, it doesn't make sense for a player to, of his caliber to be sitting on not on the bench or not even starting or anything, because he could have given a lot more. Because what Obama Yang needs is a great assist. That's it, and that guy's finishing every single chance. There was nothing for him to get, and when you see his face, he's just looking up. And he's looking around to see where is this ball going to come from. Because I can't see, he couldn't see where it's coming from. And you know what, as a spectator, as a, I, can, I can't see it coming from anywhere either. There's no one giving him balls. Well, the problem is this. The best person to assist Aubameyang is not even at the damn club. Do you know when Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang played at Dortmund together, yeah. almost 80% of Aubameyang's goals were assisted by Mkhitaryan. And he's at Roma, he doesn't want to come back, and I, I don't obviously blame him for that. And the bigger root of the problem is, and it, it's Stan Kroenke, the American owner. There's no, you know, the nationality doesn't matter whether it's from the US, UK, Middle East, wherever, but he's got a couple of sports franchises in the US. He's got Denver Nuggets, uh, Saint, sorry, not Saint, they were St. Louis Rams, they're now the LA Rams. He's got the uh, Colorado Rapids, which is the hockey team, and he's got an MLS team as well. Um, also based out of Colorado, I can't recall what they go by. But none of these teams have been successful in any way or form. Yes, the Rams got to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and lost to the Patriots, which was expected. But, you know, he doesn't care. You know, at the end of the day, this is just a cash count for him. You know, when you're making a couple hundred million profit on a team like this, you're, you're doing wonders. But I think if they invested a little more money and bought some better quality players, him... And his team would actually make a little more money on the assumption that, you know, they can market some of these players to other areas of the world where Arsenal may not have the reach such as, you know, Chelsea or Man United or Liverpool have. And this whole squad, I mean, look, I'm just going to quickly go through the squad. But Leno, okay, fine. You know, he's, he's been decent, but he's also made a lot of mistakes. And unfortunately, he's probably out for the rest of the season. Emilio Martinez is obviously going to play now. Not sure what he's really like. The defenders. Bellerin has been switched off for a long time. Sell him. Inter Milan want him? Get rid of him. Get what you can. If they're willing to give you 25 million, snap their hands off and take it. Kieran Tini, I don't know what it is with this guy, if he's injured or if he was just overrated coming from Celtic. And again, no disrespect to the Scottish League. It, Scottish League is probably not even, uh, you know, not even a championship. It's probably equivalent to a division below, in my opinion. What do you think? Um, it's difficult, mate, because uh, when you see the Scottish League, you've got two teams that are outstanding, the rest are just average. Maybe three teams if you put down, you know, the likes of Hearts. Well, although Hearts have not done well this season, but you've got the, the likes of Hearts normally do well, and Hibs as well, they, they do all right. But other than that, there's no one else, really, and they play the same team four times. So, it's like, it is a bit, it's not the same, I know. But the, I, 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 I kind of disagree with you in terms of the quality of um, that league. I think there are some good players that come out of that league. I mean, Van Dyke notably being one of them. He, he done wonders when he went to Celtic and then he went to Southampton and just grew as a player. So And there has been a few that came from the Scottish league. So And I think Kieran Tierney is a good player, but I don't think he's getting enough chances, if I'm honest with you. And he's, had, he's, been a bit, he's been a bit unlucky with injury as well, because when he came in, he had an injury, right? And yeah. that kind of, like, obviously disrupted his um, development. But I think um, 
right now, I think Arsenal's biggest problem is sorting out who, how they're going to bring Meza Ozil back rather than Tierney. Nah, I, I, Ozil, yeah, he's a, he, he can be factored in, but and I'll circle back on him in a second. But you know, Socrates, useless. Rob Holding, maybe has some potential. Cedric, you know, he's there. I think he's injured, but he hasn't played. You know, if his contract's due to expire, just you know, end it. In the sense that there's no point trying to renew it beyond June thirtieth, and I think he's on loan anyway. Mustafi is just—I'm not going to get started on Mustafi. <laughs> Sorry, Callum I'll, Chambers, average. Pablo Marie, I honestly don't know. Um, I know he was at Man City for a bit. He played in La Liga for a bit, and obviously he came from Flamengo. David Luiz, not worth discussing right now. And Kalasinac—he's, you know, instead of being on the football pitch, he should probably be a. Be a you know, bouncer at a nightclub because he seems like he's good at hitting people. I don't know if you remember him and Ozil got, well, there was an attempted robbery on them on about a year ago. Yeah, Do you yeah, remember yeah. seeing that? Yeah, yeah. Danny Ceballos, uh, I'm very disappointed in him because in the under-23 European Championships, he set it on fire. Ozil, yeah, I mean, coming back to Ozil, you know, we're paying him 10.8 million, if, no, sorry, 10.2 million a year, right? 350k a week. Where's the return on investment? Okay, yeah, Arsenal have won three FA Cups, but you know, even at Real Madrid, he seemed very lazy, and he seems like Berbatov in the sense that you know he's very laid back in his actions. But Ozil doesn't defend. Nicolas Pepe, same thing, doesn't defend. Yeah, he's a flair player. You know, Maitland Niles, Lucas Torreira, average. Joe Willock has a lot of potential, but still not. You know, he's not getting enough playing time, and maybe Will Guendouzi, I'm not really a fan of. Granite Shaka. Uh, he needs to be sold. Like I like Granit Xhaka, you know. I, 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 I really like him. Yeah. I, I, well, a, I know he hasn't been great, but sometimes players like Xhaka, um, they need a, a, a partner. Yeah, he's not he's not had a partner in that defense, that midfield. He's just to help help him because he's 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 one of the main choices in his national team. Yeah, but is he not the captain of his national team? I believe he is. Yeah, but with all due respect, what, what has Switzerland done? Um, they're still a pretty high-ranked team. If you see the rankings, uh, they're pretty highly ranked in the world rankings. Yeah, well, rankings don't really mean nothing. I mean, look, look at the Premier League table. Arsenal, what, 8th, 9th? Should be 17th, based on the way they've been playing. Mm-hmm. Yang needs to go. Nicolas Pepe, as I said, needs to go. Reese Nelson, I like. He's not getting enough playing time for my liking. Nketiah, I like. Martinelli, I like. Even, you know, we needed a goal against Brighton and Martinelli's sitting on... No, not even in the squad, if I'm not mistaken. For both games. So something's, something's not adding up there. So if, if he doesn't want Martinelli, it's time for him to start putting these feelers out and getting rid of some of these players. So even if all these players are sold, I don't think we'd even have more than 250 million... I, I don't know. I mean, even if all these players are sold, you won't have a lot of money. And the other thing is, I don't yeah. know. I, I think the problem is, now, from what you're saying, the problem is pretty much Arteta. I don't think he knows what he's doing. It seems like it, because at the end of the day, if I was from the outside, I mean, it's quite clear. As a manager, you've got to play your best players, at least for the Correct. first, at least for the rest of the season. Then you go into the summer... And you change it around and then you do what you need to do to sort it out. But right now, he needs to be playing. Regardless of what he thinks of certain players, he needs to play him. Because you don't, when a new manager comes in, these players are going to be kind of revitalised. Because they've not had a good relationship with the previous manager or whatever it might be that he wasn't getting played. But someone like Mesut Ozil, 
and I and I keep saying this to everyone. I I think he's a tremendous player. And when you said he doesn't defend a lot, Mo Salah does not defend for Liverpool. Yeah. Correct. He doesn't need to defend. And Jurgen Klopp has come out and said that in record. I don't need him to do that because he does the other side really well. Now I can say that about Mesut Ozil because he can put in a ball any time like that. He switches on, and he only need he only needs that one ball. So when you've got a player like that that can do things like that, he's so talented, and and everyone knows the talent that he has. And for you not to put him on, there's something not right there, you know. And I think there's something wrong with the board. And there's also something wrong with the the manager as well. Because this guy, Arteta, he's obviously a novice manager. Let's be honest. Yeah, he's a he's been an assistant coach, uh, assistant manager with um, Pep Guardiola, who probably dictated most of the the things that went on at Man City. He's not had a time to work out what he what his style is, what his way of management is, and he's coming to a team like Arsenal, which I think is a bit above his ranks. If I'm honest with you, not really worth it. It's like it's like Brendan Rodgers. He was doing things at Swansea, came into Liverpool, he done really well at initially, but I think that season that when Liverpool nearly won it, that wasn't Brendan Rodgers, that was Luis Suarez, let's be honest. And Brendan Rodgers was never going to be the manager that was going to take you to the next stage. Now Leicester, yeah, he's doing really well, but that's the kind of level that he's at. He's a Leicester type manager that can build a team up. And I think Arteta needs a team that he needs to build and make it his own. And then when he's ready, should be able to go into a big team. I think Arsenal made a bit of a premature decision on that one and bringing Arteta in. I think that was a poor move. I think there was a better manager out there who's more experienced. And if you tapped him up, would have been the right manager. And probably, I would say, Brendan Rodgers was probably the guy. Then you had that Bournemouth manager, what's his name? He's been waiting in the ranks for ages. Eddie uh, Howe. Yeah. Ideal situation, Eddie Howe would have been a much better manager to get in than Arteta. Uh, Eddie Howe, how long has he been there? He's the longest serving manager in the league, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's been there almost a decade. So, surely he needs to be given a run. How can someone, in, whoever made that decision at Arsenal Football Club, make a decision that... Uh, a previous player, so Arteta is, who um, was, he's not really done much in terms of winning anything apart from just helping Pep Guardiola at, at you know, but, uh, Man City and giving him the head coach job at Arsenal. It just doesn't make sense. And now the decisions that he's making are showing me that, yeah, he's a novice and he's not a... Uh, He's not managing material. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think this is my assumption of this. That yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know tough for uh, any Arsenal fan to swallow. It's you know it really is a hard pill to swallow. And um, I think yeah, you hit the nail on the head. You know, and I'm very much behind the fact that you know we should have gone for Angelotti. Angelotti would have been a short term fix. You know, being Italian, he he knows the art of defending, and, and that's kind of what this team needs. And even if we could talk about next season, yeah, we've got a couple of players coming back, right? We've got William Saliba officially coming back. Uh, we've got Konstantinos Mavroponos coming back. So those are two defenders. Are they both going to play? They probably both could be in a new centre-back pairing as far as I'm concerned. Mukhtarian, he's due to come back. Whether he wants to actually come back, that's a different story. But at the end of the day, he's on a high wage and I'm not sure if there's too many suitors for him. Mohamed Elneny, will be coming back uh, from his loan at Besiktas. 
and Mahoney and Elneny will be an upgrade in that midfield right now. Yeah, and really? then we've got Emil Smith Rowe, who's a young prospect, and I'm not sure if he's really going to get in the team above, you know, Reese Nelson or Bukaya Sako, but if you look right now, you know, you mentioned Ozil, right? So if Aubameyang's playing up front, Ozil right behind him, and then the two wingers would be Reese Nelson and Bukaya Sakao. And then we just need to figure out, you know, the other six behind. I think the goalkeeper's more or less set, but we need to get a couple of holding midfielders. And then, and if not necessarily two holding midfielders, one, and then another one that can actually ping the ball forward. You've got a holding midfielder there that you're not using. You're using him in the wrong position. David Lewis. Who? I think he could do a job there. He's no, being, he's, being at the back is not going to be the, the answer to the thing uh, for you right now uh, for now like a temporary fix he could have been the central midfielder easily rather than keep keeping him in, as a centre back it's just um, a calamity waiting for ha- to happen really nah, he, he just shouldn't be in the team period absolutely shouldn't be in the team period and, and, and I'll just give you a couple of you know people that can come in and actually do a job at Arsenal right so Let's look at some of these teams that are potentially going to get relegated. You know, Brighton and Hove Albion right now. Lewis Dunk. Lewis Dunk is a perfect fit for that Arsenal team. You may laugh at this, but... No, 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 I serious. agree. He's a leader. Yeah. He's an absolute leader. Yeah. yeah, Burnley Football Club. James Tarkowski. Or even someone like Ben Gibson. Or even Phil Barsley. Or even Ben Mee. Any of them could come in and do a job in that Arsenal defence. Um, let's look at Bournemouth Bournemouth have Jefferson Lerma the Colombian midfielder he can come in and do a job even as far as their defenders go Steve Cook Nathan Aki Simon Francis any of them Nathan Aki Nathan Aki is a top top player top top West West Ham West Ham look like for me they're probably going down Issa Diop could come in and do a job Fabian Balbuena could come in and do a job Ryan Fredericks could come in and do a job and then as far as the midfield goes Declan Rice could come in and do a job Declan Rice would be a perfect fit for us. Yeah. I'm honest with you. He can do the holding job really well, and he's quite um, he's quite a player. I've seen him live several times. I mean, yeah. And um, yeah, as a holding midfielder, probably one of the best I've seen. Yeah. yeah at that age. You know, and even Newcastle's got a couple of players. You know, Lascelles, uh, Fernandez. Um, you know, and those are the sort of players that Arsenal needs to target because they're not necessarily household names, but they'll come in and actually shore that team up and give it a little steel that it needs and again whether it's Aubameyang or Lacazette or Nakata or Martinelli up front I think we're okay as you know as far as the front four players go you know based on what I said earlier with you know Ozil Ozil's one more year run him down let him play maybe as the season of his life and you know maybe he renegotiates a contract for 150k which we can afford or he's sold to you know a semi decent club you know maybe like Italian league or something yeah, exactly. His style of play might be suited for that. I mean, you know, one thing I was going to say, Bav, um, you were, we mentioned about Arteta coming in and someone else, Ancelotti coming in instead or would have been a right fit for Arsenal. But one yeah. person, I mean, I, I think that you probably could have done with is someone like Mourinho. I know he's not the most likeable character, but right now in yeah. Arsenal you need a, a bit of a a guy who, like him who can just like shake things around and get people like, you know, he gets people going, doesn't he? Let's be honest, he is that kind of guy that gets the team going and gets the egos up a little bit. Um, yeah. 
Was he at Tottenham before um, Arteta came in? I'm, I'm failing to remember here. Uh, um, no, Arteta was appointed before, if I'm not mistaken. I see. I think that's where you missed the trick because he would have gone to gone to Arsenal easily. Yeah, and that would have been a good short term fix instead of Angelo. If well, Angelo, he wasn't going to come, and I think that would have been a good good signing for you guys. Yeah, but the, the problem with Mourinho and and you're you're going to see this. He trust me at this end of this season or the end of next season, he won't be at Tottenham because he's already moaning about the transfer budget. Tottenham has very similar money to Arsenal, maybe 75, 80 million pounds sitting there. So the good thing about Tottenham is they could sell that squad and they'd easily raise four, five hundred million because the talent is there. Mm. Whereas with Arsenal, you know, like I said earlier, maybe two, 200, 250k, sorry, million even. Um, these players are so bad, I'm thinking about them in the thousands, not millions. But you say that, uh, right? Yeah. When, when Mourinho went to Inter Milan... They had an aging team, if you remember. They were like really, really on their way out, and they had no yeah, real money. They had superstars though: Wesley Snyder, Samuel Eto'o. I wouldn't call them. They were like really aged though. Um, they weren't super superstars. Let's be honest. They were great players, but he just got them to play. That's what it was, and I think that's what you need: someone to make players play, get an extra, extra twenty, thirty percent out of these players. You ain't getting even. 50% out of these players right now. And I yeah. think Arteta, he, he looks like he's, I mean, I'm looking at his face and he just looks lost. <laughs> yeah, he's probably thinking, what, what on earth have I signed on for here? I think, yeah, well, yeah, but I think that's, a lot of it is his, his own fault as well, self-inflicted, yeah. let's be honest. Well, he, he has to be careful because his uh, managerial career could end before it even gets started and that's, you know, only he can fix it. So, you know, he's just going to have to go to the board and apparently before he signed, he met with uh, Josh Kroenke, who's Stan Kroenke's son, and they, they assured him that there would be a decent amount of money in the transfer kitty. But, you know, I just, you know, people are saying £200 million is needed to sort this squad out. You may laugh at me. I'm talking about a billion pound would have to be spent to get this team to even challenge for a Champions League spot. And we all know that's not going to happen. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, you're right about your um, your board of directors. I mean, Liverpool, we had um, a board of directors in the past, the American Gillette. And yeah, Hicks and Gillette, yeah. They were just awful and they didn't put no money in their, you know, they didn't put their hands in their pockets and spend any money whatsoever and they just took money out of the club and ran it dry until um, Mr. Henry turned up with his consortium and... Things have looked a little bit different, and it's evident that they're going to do exactly what they did in um, with the, if I'm not mistaken, was it a Boston? Boston uh, Red Sox. Yeah, um, and they exactly emulate that strategy there, and they won the they won the World Series there, didn't they? And I'm sure they're going to win the league here. So it's basically about, you know, it's it's a slow game, yeah, but it's a sure game. You know, the way these guys do it and these American, um, this American consortium that Liverpool's got, they uh, they play a strategy where they build a team and they start from certain places and they work their way up. I think with the Arsenal board, they went one way at one point, then they changed the direction to another point and now they don't yeah. know where to start. Yeah, absolutely clueless. Because, you know, even, even the frustrating part is our goal difference is exactly zero, like... That's absurd for a team of this quality. Sheffield United, 
has a goal difference of two. Yeah. Yes. And you know, you know, six months ago, none of these Sheffield United players would walk in the Arsenal team, but most of them would walk into the Arsenal team right now, which is a you know, it's just I can't, I'm scratching my head right now. I just can't get around it. And, you know, I, I, honestly, I don't think anything's going to change. Um, you know, if we don't qualify for Europe, like I said earlier, I think that's going to be the best scenario for us. So it can be an opportunity for him to, you know, let some of these players go and, and maybe some of them will reluctantly go to places that, you know, they never considered in the past. You know, they may go out on loan for a year or two years with, you know, a view to turn the loan into a permanent transfer or just, you know, maybe there's a player that's on a two year contract, sorry, two years left on his contract. They put him on loan to, you know, whoever, Bashiktas, Kalis, that's right, for two seasons just to essentially get that person off the wage bill. Because that's another problem as well, you know, with the wage bill being stupendously high, that transfer budget cannot be adjusted. So something has to give at some point. And I think Aubameyang has to go. I mean, what, what do you think we would get for Aubameyang? 20, 25, 30, 40 million? It's going to be difficult, mate. With Aubameyang... Um... It depends on how he finishes. If he finishes top scorer, which I expected him to do before this um, COVID-19 break that we've had. Um, yeah. If he doesn't finish top scorer, then it's going to be difficult to get anything around about the, the 50 million mark that what was quoted at one point. It's more going to be like, like you said, 25 is probably the maximum. I would even say as for low as 20 to 20 to 15 to 20. Because none of these top teams are going to go for him now because... Obviously, they've got players as well. I mean, Barcelona's got um, their front sorted. Um, you got it's probably going to be the Milan teams, uh, and if they are, they won't pay top money. Not at the moment with the current situation in the world and the climate's gone down. Player prices have gone down now. Yeah, people have the teams haven't got money. If there's no crowds coming in, where's the money coming from? Correct. Yeah. What about Lacazette? How much do you value him at? I mean, Lacazette hasn't. It seems like. Arteta and Emery suck the confidence out of that guy. I mean, I like prior, him, prior to Aubameyang coming, he, he was our striker. And yes, he came from Lyon. And, you know, there were some doubts about him before we actually bought him. Because I think we were supposed to buy him a season or two before. But we obviously got him at a cheaper price, Arsenal being Arsenal. Um, I don't see too many teams that he can go to. I know Atletico Madrid have been linked with him a lot. And I, I did mention on the last podcast that Maybe we can get a part exchange with, you know, Thomas Party. But even then, you know, Arsenal Football Club, you're not attracting too much talent these days. I mean, you know, Wolves, Man United, Chelsea are better, Tottenham are better propositions but than Chelsea Arsenal right, right now. Chelsea right now are starting to spend and they're starting to show that they've got money. Obviously, they had the money because they were, you know, the, the transfer embargo that they had. So they've had yeah. some money in the kitty there to spend and they went and spent it wisely and got Timo Werner which a lot of teams wanted a very sought after player now yeah. I'm just wondering now, with the likes of Aubameyang obviously Chelsea was in talks as well until they got Timo Werner so it probably won't be a good idea for him to go there but with Newcastle's takeover looking like may happen uh, if that happens could be a little bit of a you know take some of these players from Arsenal like Lacazette and Aubameyang and oh, yeah. that, that, that could happen it could happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. It could happen, and I can I can probably see it happening. If if no one else is going to take him, he's going to have to go somewhere where someone's going to take him. That's going to be the case. And it's, if Newcastle is going to have this this um, Arab-backed consortium coming in place, then there's a chance that that could happen. 
And then Lacazette, def I can see Lacazette definitely going with a few um, French compatriots there as well. The likes of, what's that guy's name? I'm saying Maximum. Is he French? I think he is or something like that. So, uh, oh, Newcastle, yeah. Yeah, Newcastle. So I, I see that happening very, very likely. Lacazette going to somewhere like Newcastle. Um, but, or Aubameyang, the next place could be for him, maybe PSG. Yeah, but PSG, I, I don't see him getting in that team because you've got Mbappe there, you've got Neymar, and it looks like they're signing Icardi from Inter on a permanent basis. Yeah, Icardi's a done deal, isn't it, now? Yeah, and, and Edison Cavani is out of contract, they're not renewing his contract, and he's been heavily linked with Atletico Madrid, which you know could be a good fit for him, and then PSG are letting go of Thiago Silva. Now, you know, a couple of Arsenal fans did mention that old Thiago Silva could be a fit, but, you know, not knocking the guy, very good player, but he's 35 years of age. Not worth it. Uh, not worth it. He's going to want big bucks for the money you're going to spend on wages for him. You can sign, you know, a couple of defenders from Burnley or Brighton, like I mentioned earlier, that will get the job done. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, you know, there's a definite room for improvement in the back defence of... Defence of Arsenal definitely, and I think the one one or two players from other teams in the lower lower, you know, like Aston Villa for example, Mings could come to Arsenal. That would be a perfect. Oh yeah, fit. Tyrone Mings was you know highly rated when he used to play at Bournemouth, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then I think I don't know what happened. He fell out with a coach or had a bunch of injuries or both, and you know then he got loaned out. I think he went to Derby and then Villa and a few other places and. Yeah, he could definitely. I see him doing a job, you know. Strong, la strong lad. Got some pace about him. You know, Nathan Ake. Obviously, we mentioned. I think yep. he will be a perfect. Uh, you know, them two together in your center, center of defense will be perfect. You know, they would they would complement each other very well. And then you got your. You can probably keep Bellerin. You know, if you can get uh, get him, you know, revitalized. I think Bellerin's not a bad player. Um, yeah. And maybe Tierney just keep him. See how he gets on. Uh, and I think. Aubameyang, uh, you need to get rid of him. Meza Ozil, if, he's, if they're not going to play him, they should just get rid of him and cut their losses. Yeah, but you can say get rid of him, but they have to be suitors, right? Who in their right mind is going to take on that contract? He's going to be released, mate. He's going to be a free transfer. Yeah, but there's still, still one year, right? So, you know, they could do it in the sense that, oh, we, we know that we've got one year left on the contract. There's 18.4 million or 18.2, whatever it is to pay out so if they release him now they have to pay that money out and the board is not going to sanction that so he's going to be there for another year and you know even if it's a scenario where another team comes in and wants to take him on loan and they just you know say you know what we'll pay 25% of the wages while you guys contribute 75 that's going to be the realistic possibility to, just to get him somewhat off the books that would be a because good. I'm sorry I said that would be a good point that, that would be a good idea I think that will be yeah. the best way for everyone to just move on. Yeah, because we don't know if he's if he's a negative person in the squad. I don't believe he's that type of character. But again, you know, when you've got people in your work environment that don't necessarily want to be there, they're not necessarily giving out a good vibe to the rest of the team. So, you know, it's the same in your workplace, same at you know Arsenal's training ground or Liverpool's training ground. You know, you've got a bad apple, you need to. I think with with Meza also, I think he's a strong character in terms of his beliefs and stuff, and I think that might be a, the reason why the board's not getting along with him or whoever it is that's there in the club making decisions 
because obviously yeah. he's had some strong links with some of the his some of his political views have been a bit stronger and that's probably not helped him in, in some ways yeah. correct yeah i mean yeah because uh i know he was linked with the turkish president and hence why he's always been linked with a lot of turkish clubs and you know i, I see one of those clubs in turkey being a realistic destination for him yeah yeah, I know he's uh, been very outspoken towards China and, you know, with the money that they have in China with the Chinese Super League, it, it, that would have been a perfect place to sell him. But obviously, he's burnt, you know, his bridge with China as a country with the comments that he's made in the past. Well, alleged comments, I should say. Yeah, but not only that, I don't think that most people want to go to China right now due to this well, not, not right, not right now, but, you know, when things get better, if, if you've got a payday and he's going to make half a million a week, of course he's going to go for a year or two. All these guys go and then they realise, oh yeah, it's not for me, I've made my money, I want to go back. Yeah, like Igalo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's taking a massive pay cut to come back as well. Um, but yeah, uh, having said that, I mean, I think moving on from the situation with Mesut Ozil and the team itself, I think Arsenal right now this season, it's going to be, it's going to have to be damage limitations for them now, really, and just like try and get points where they can. Because that's the only way you're going to just... And forget about this season. And like you said, I think European football should be, you know, out of, your, out of the question. And let's just forget about European football. Focus on the rebuilding like Chelsea did to be honest this season. They didn't have no European football, right? Correct. And now look at them. No, 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 no. Chelsea's in... No, they're in the Champions League. They they just got smashed by Bayern Munich, I think, 3 or 4-0. So they're as good as that when they play that quarterfinal. Oh, yeah. You're right. Is, it, is that the case? Yeah, 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 they are. Yeah. Sorry, I keep forgetting that Chelsea's even in the Champions League. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be interesting, I mean, what happens with Arsenal in the next coming months. Um, and it's definitely going to be interesting whether Arsenal even like to keep uh, keep um, ties with um, Arteta or they're going to move to another manager. Because really, I don't know if it looks... It doesn't look good right now. It doesn't. Me. And Max Allegri's still available, you know. Oh, but... Wow. Well, that would be a big one. Yeah, but I just, you know, un unless he's given an ample amount of money that he's not coming to Arsenal. Just, he hasn't come previously. Why would he come now when things are a lot worse? You know, there's there's a challenge and then there's, you know, a, a, a hole that you just can't get out of and Arsenal's not even in that challenge process. It's just, you know, you're, you're going down to the bottom of the barrel trying to scrape oil off. Yeah, well, the thing is, there are some people out there, some managers out there, that they, they love a little bit of challenge. You know who yeah. I always thought that would be a perfect fit for Arsenal? Was <laughs> um, Martinez, the Belgian manager. I thought he would be perfect. Mm, I've got my doubts about him. He was semi-decent and he's done okay with the Belgian national team. Anyone can really do well with that national team with all those players that they have, but... I wasn't too convinced with him. He was very good at Wigan, but Everton, there was a bit of a question mark around him, if you recall. Yeah. Um, there's not many suitors out there, though. That's the thing. Pochettino is not going to come to Arsenal. It would be funny, though, to rub it in Spurs' face if he came, but you know, he, he, he left Spurs because of a financial issue as well. Yeah, I mean, that, that I don't see that happening. Pochettino wouldn't come to Arsenal. He's not yeah. that kind of guy. He's quite loyal. We didn't go to Barcelona for that sort of reason as well. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that happening. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, this the season started off with a bang bad. And uh, to be honest, there's been a lot of um, controversial points already with the Sheffield United game. 
Wow, that was a goal. Oh yeah, that could be. And then honestly, if if they given that if they were given that goal and they won that game, they'd be fifth right now. Yep. And you know, depending on what happens with uh, Man City's uh, case, which I believe they'll announce at some point in July, if Sheffield United don't finish fifth, that's going to be a legal issue because it was crystal clear on the cameras that. It was a goal, but I think the company that handles the te- sorry the technology admitted that there was an issue sending the signal through to the yeah. referee's watch. Something along those lines, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. So yeah. uh, who knows? But Wolves, Wolves look really good. I mean, I, I like watch, watching Wolves play. It's almost like you know watching Portugal from you know when they won the Euros. Yeah, I mean they got some big hitters, haven't they? I mean they they're not the complete package yet. Uh, if I'm honest with you, but when that Adama Troy when he came on against uh, West Ham, I knew straight away this guy comes on. He's gonna he's a beast of a player anyway. Yeah. I I straight away as he was coming on, I I actually met uh, spoke to a friend of mine. He's a big West Ham fan. I said, "You're in trouble, mate. This is gonna be a good couple of goals just by this guy. Like he's not gonna score on me. He's gonna be the main creator." And that's exactly what happened. He came yeah. on and it was instant impact like the way he ran past those players like they didn't even they didn't even stop him they couldn't stop him they knew that and the moment came out it's got too, too much pace too much power and, and then he'll just what he'll do is he'll, he'll use the old uh, Johan Cruyff type tricks right where he'll literally have one foot on top of the ball and the, the other foot going in jiggling in one direction or another so the defender thinks he's going one way and then with his pace he's already gone there's no chance of catching him and you can't even stop him because he's like a yeah. like a brick wall and through. No, he's he's like an NFL running back. Yeah, he is. And and going back to Wolves, even the coach Nuno, he was linked with Arsenal. That could have been a fit, but honestly, someone like him would not have left Wolves to come and deal with this bunch of players. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is down to the players. And he, even you know the kids, there's some decent young defenders in the under twenty three team. You know, there's that you know Zach Medley, who I believe was on the bench, you know, for the last game. And then, um, you know, you've got a midfielder, Ben Sheaf. He should, you know, get a chance. You've got another defender, Zach Swanson. And there's another guy, Joel Lopez. And I'm, I'm not sure why these guys are not getting a chance at all. So, you know, I'm sure some of these guys are, yes, they're inexperienced, but it's worth giving them a shot, especially when you know maybe last three, four games of the season that you're not going to get into the European spots. So why not? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's, it's either way, it's... There's a lot to play for still, and there's a lot going to happen. I still believe, I mean, Liverpool today, um, you know, we saw a team that just lacked everything, you know. There was no, there was nothing. I mean, I don't even, I'm lost for words. That The game was so boring, it was actually like, I could have been on my phone and just text everybody in the world and still wouldn't have missed nothing. Yeah, Liverpool. Liverpool made Everton look like Real Madrid, and uh, quite frankly, Liverpool were not at the races today. And, and some of the decisions that he made are very, very questionable. Um, again, as you were saying, you were, you you could have been texting. I was actually, you know, on my work going through some work emails, and I, I missed some of the substitutions. But I do not understand why Origi was brought on instead of Salah. Yes, Origi has scored a couple of important goals in the past. There's not knocking. Clock for that, but Mo Salah's a game changer. He walks into any team in world football. Like, why would you not bring him on for twenty minutes? Yeah, he wasn't ready. That was the truth. 
Yeah, I, I do believe that, that he wasn't ready and he didn't want to risk it. Fair enough. So that's that. That was the problem. The the, the my bigger concerns were that um, yeah, he brought on Chamberlain. What's going on with Shakiri? Is he, why is he not playing? Yeah, uh, Shakiri. I'll, I'll take Shakiri. I'll start in a heartbeat. Shakiri walking to most. I wouldn't say top four Premier League teams, but you know the the chasing pack you would walk into. Yeah, and then. Again, Wijnaldum, he should have been starting. That guy is an absolute baller. You know, he yeah. he walks into that Dutch team every single game, right? And he's a game changer for Holland, right? So I just don't understand why he... I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's a lot... You know, there's obviously the games have just started and he wants to just, you know, wean people in and whatnot. And maybe that's the reason that we've seen him in training and they're not quite up to the races yet. Who knows? But even yeah, that, I think I think he's probably keep trying to keep uh, everyone as fit as he can for the Man City game because honestly, Man City are not going to lose to Burnley tomorrow. They're not going to drop a single point. You can expect, you know, three four nil Man City, Aguero a couple of goals. Yeah. Um, obviously, you guys will beat Crystal Palace on Wednesday. Is it Tuesday or Wednesday you play? Wednesday, I think. But I don't yeah, because it there's a slight you know re revenge motive because of what happened a few years ago when they beat you guys to. You know, unfortunately, end your title chances back then, and then uh, it would be nice for you guys to go to the Etihad and, <coughs> excuse me, win the championship there. I mean, well, that would be nice, but I don't see that happening. I don't think we're gonna win it. I, from what I saw today, it didn't look good, and I think we're gonna wait a few weeks still before Liverpool win the league. Yeah. Um, but that's well, the you know. Yeah. Well, well, that's fine. I mean, you know, you guys have been waiting thirty years. What's a couple of weeks? No, it's, it's a lot, mate. Trust me, it's a lot. I just want to see it done now so I can just breathe because I've been holding my breath for too long, mate. But um, yeah. again, I mean, yeah, we talked about all these teams and there's a lot of stuff everyone's going to be doing. Uh, there, you know, transfer speculations going on. There's going to be, you know, a few teams going to be um, dropping points because obviously there's so many games coming in. That bad, there's going to be one or two teams that are going to drop to points that we don't expect them to do. Um, and then, you know, the teams at the bottom, they're going to be fighting for their lives. And with those sort of games, there's anything's possible and there's still loads of points to be lost and loads of points to be sure. gained. So it's going to be exciting. This season has definitely been a, an absolute different season to every other season that's ever happened. And um, all I can say is that, yeah, let's get it on. Yeah, let's see what happens. Been interesting, uh, you know, five six weeks that we have left. It's great though. It's it's good the fact that we've got it in the summer, so you know we everyone can just watch it. There's going to be late starts and whatnot, so it's going to be good. Um, games are you getting good coverage in America there? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, yesterday I literally from seven a.m. to five p.m. watched football the whole day. Wow! <laughs> I, I watched all four Premier League games, and then. Um, I watched, you know, a little bit of uh, Serie A and a little bit of La Liga, just, you know, going back and forth between a couple of channels. Wow. And early, earlier on, I was watching uh, Real Madrid against, God, who were they playing? Uh, Real Mallorca, I think. Was it, yeah, Real Mallorca. No, sorry, Real Sociedad. Yeah, and that was 2-1, right? Yeah, 2-1, yeah. And Barcelona drew uh, the other day, so they... Yeah. Got points, and I think they're now what two points behind or one point behind. Real two two points behind, but they're, they're, again with all these you know title run-ins that are a few points apart, there will be you know some uh, 
ups and downs, but you know, Barca have a big game, I believe, tomorrow or Tuesday against Atletico. If they fail to win that, for me, La Liga's over because Real has a very easy running compared to Barca. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit unlucky because Barca were just that momentum when um, Real Madrid had a few injuries as well before COVID 19 hit, hit us all, um, and they had a good chance of you know running away with it for a little while, but then now. This has all changed it, and I think I personally think this year it's going to be Real Madrid. Doesn't look like Barcelona's year. Yeah, well, they haven't won the title in a long time, so you know it's fine. It's fine. Let them have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Bab, it was lovely chatting to you, and um, always it's been a pleasure getting your thoughts and working out so what you feel um, about Arsenal because um, I spoke to the. Um, you know, the listeners earlier on and I said to him that you will probably be disappointed with what you've seen so far and you haven't disappointed us at all. You've given us your exact thoughts and there's been a lot of talking Arsenal going on right now and, and I think that's gonna be continuing throughout the papers and the you know, the news reports and everything that's taking place in the Premier League. It's all pretty much about Arsenal and what's happening with them and the demise. Yeah. The big demise. If if it gets that bad I'm going to apply for the Arsenal manager's job. <laughs> you probably stand a, big, a better chance than most people out there right now. Yeah, I'll bring you in as my assistant or scout manager or whatever it needs to be. No, I'm alright, mate. I'll stick to um, uh, the podcasts for now. <laughs> alright, man. Take care, mate. Alright, mate. No problem. Nice speaking all to right, you, bye. Bye. and I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Thank bye. you. Bye. That was Bab um, from America, Washington, D.C., yeah, it's a very interesting conversation with Bab. Obviously, he has a lot to say about Arsenal, and we totally understand how he feels right now as a as a supporter of any club. When your team are making errors in judgment like Arsenal are, it is very very disappointing to see. And it, as a fan, I can only feel how he, you know, I can only just under, you know imagine what he feels. But it's great to know that you know he's got passion and he's got a lot of desires. Um, for his team and he would like them to do well uh, we know that obviously Arteta's got his work cut out and he's got a lot a lot of stuff to do now so he's going to have to push it to the next level and try and get it back up to where it needs to be the club and um, as for Liverpool obviously we saw how they did today it wasn't great um, but we are pretty much confident that Liverpool will produce the goods and they will absolutely win the league because we and deserve to win the league uh, it's been great speaking to everyone and it's been great um, for you guys to listen in to us and keep listening to Raz's football show it's the place where you're going to get live an absolute just a load of football conversation this is not scripted at all we haven't written this this is just live off the cuff recordings and you guys get exact thoughts at that moment off the cuff it's nothing scripted at all this is this is the beauty of this podcast it is not scripted you'll get exactly what you want to hear um which is a couple of guys just talking about football one's in the uk and one's in america and we're just having our conversation about football and just discussing about our teams and the game we love you know and Keep listening in, guys. And if you have any questions, please do contact us on our, on my Twitter account, raspatel one and I'll be happy to share any of your thoughts. Thank you. Take care. Have a great evening. Bye-bye.